Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, we're going to get straight into God's Word today. And two weeks ago, I started a new series on the book of Ruth. I I covered chapter one. We had Mother's Day last Sunday. And so we kind of gave it a break for a week. Uh, But today we're going to continue in our series, Redeemed. And of course, we are looking at Ruth chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me, of course, to the book of Ruth chapter 2. And if you don't have your Bibles, the verses are available for you on the screen. We're going to read from verse 1 just in a moment. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Who's ready to get something from the Word of God today? Come on, who's hungry for God's Word? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that comes out of the mouth of God. So let's believe for rhema today in Jesus' Name. We're not preaching Logos today, we're preaching rhema. We want something that comes alive in Jesus' Name. Can you say Amen? Ruth chapter 2 verse 1, the Word of God says, There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Who's believing for a Boaz? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go down to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. So let me just give you a bit of uh, understanding of what's going on. You've got Naomi and Ruth. Uh, They don't have a lot of resource. So God set up a program in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy as to how the poor would be taken care of. And that is the poor were allowed to go to the fields and they were allowed to pick up the leftovers from the harvesters. The Bible says also in the book of Leviticus that they were forbidden from taking the wheat and the grain from the corners of the field. That had to be left for the poor. So what we have here is we have Ruth exercising her right to gather up those fragments that were left over. Does that make sense? Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth went out to gather grain. Here we go, behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to, there he is again, Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Goes on to say, uh, in verse five, Boaz asked his young servant, who was foreman over the farmhands, who is this young woman? See, Boaz, Boaz, he's a proactive brother, right? He's not spending nine years in prayer. He's ahead of the game. Come on now. Yeah. Where did she come from? He's excited. Who knows what I'm talking about today? Amen. Today, I want to preach an incredible passage uh, that from this passage, I should say that I just know it's going to be a great blessing to you because how many of you know that there's so much that in this short passage, it's just full of life. It's just full of revelations. I'm going to give you four points today. 
So stay with me. So number one, Boaz engaged, watch this, in a carefully coordinated series of actions. He engaged in a carefully coordinated series of actions. Now, I want you to notice just for a moment how unlikely it actually is for Boaz and for Ruth to meet each other on this particular day. God led Ruth to a field. The truth is there were many fields, but God led her to the field of a man by the name of Boaz. When Boaz arrived in the time that he chose to arrive, Ruth could have been resting in the shelter because she'd been working in the heat of the day and she decided, I'm gonna go and grab a drink. And in that very moment, Boaz could have arrived and missed her. But in God's carefully coordinated series of actions, it was prearranged and pre-planned that Boaz and Ruth would meet each other on that day. Ruth could have grown weary and said, well, I've done my best today. Don't like working in the sun. It's probably good for me to go home. And the truth is when Boaz actually arrived and greeted his, his workers, there could have been other strangers working in the field. But Ruth was the one that caught his eye. Now watch what the Scripture says in Ruth chapter 2, verse 3. It says, So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened. In fact, the Hebrew word that's used there is chance by chance. By chance. But how many of you know this was no chance? It was not by accident. This was a prearranged, God-ordained plan that was designed in eternity that Boaz and Ruth would meet each other on that particular day. How many of you know that there are things that are orchestrated in heaven that have been prearranged, excuse me, pre-planned by God that God has set up? Your days may seem ordinary. Your days may seem like you are just going out to do work and do the things that you are meant to do on a day-to-day basis. But God in eternity's past is setting up for you divine appointments that would act as a blessing to you. The day that I met Alison for the first time was not by chance, it was not by accident, it was prearranged by the Almighty God that on that particular day, she would meet a tall, dark and handsome young brother that she and I just like, hey, he may be my Boaz, you never know. But where did that come from? God pre-arranged blessing for the two of us. The day that I was driving in the south of Western Australia, And all of a sudden I get a phone call from Pastor Andrew Evans about a church called Crossroads Church, which is now Horizon St. Andrews. That was what? Prearranged, pre-planned, orchestrated by the Almighty God. The Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 23, that the steps of a good man have been ordered by the Lord. God is ordering your steps. God knows who you need to meet. God knows 
who to keep you away from. He knows what field you should be in. And by the way, we're not necessarily talking about relationships today, although that's maybe what you're believing for, which is fantastic. But what I'm talking about today is the blessing that God has for you in different areas and spheres of your life. He is ordering your steps. The amazing thing about this passage is that it wasn't an extraordinary day. And sometimes in Pentecostal Christianity, we think that God is only moving when something extraordinary is happening. It was an ordinary day. It wasn't a day that was as Ruth went out that morning and all of a sudden she saw something happening in the sky that she thought God's up to something. It was an ordinary day. But how many of you know that God works in the ordinary days and He's setting up for you. Come on church, He is setting blessing. It's in motion. It's prearranged. Nobody can stop it. It has been designed by God. One of the challenges we have is that we think that in order for the blessing to flow, we need to be actively involved. We think that if we're not doing something, then God's not going to do His part. And yes, of course, there's Principles of sowing and reaping, diligence. You think about this, you know, Adam's greatest blessing in his life was, yes, he got to name some animals, got a little bit of authority, kind of cool, but his greatest blessing was Eve. And God said to him, says, all right, you're a little bit lonely. We need to help you out here. What did God do? God says, I think you need to have a sleep. And in fact, the Bible doesn't say he had a sleep. It says he went into a deep sleep. And in a deep sleep where he had no involvement whatsoever, except the guy's snoring away. God's at work. God's doing something great. And his greatest blessing came about when he was asleep. You're good. You're talented, you're anointed, and your investment is fantastic. But maybe it's time just to step back and to say, the Lord's ordering my steps. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm acknowledging Him and He's directing my paths. Unless the Lord builds the house. They what? They labour in vain who build it. God's orchestrating your steps. Come on, if you're a follower of Jesus, if your eyes are upon the Lord, things have been prearranged. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Such is the goodness of our God. Boaz sees Ruth out in the field and it's kind of like, you know, uh, all the romantics in the room. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is love at first sight, you know. It's, it's all happening here. It's on like Donkey Kong. But it's, it, it's amazing. 
It's amazing that he sees this woman for the first time and something stirs on the inside of him that God was up to something. I want you to notice what Boaz does. does. Number two, Boaz took the initiative. How many of you know more Boazes need to take the initiative? (laughs) We're having fun today. (laughs) People are like, can you talk like that in God's house? Yeah, of course you can. Come on now. Look at Ruth chapter 2 verse 8. Boaz went over and said to Ruth. Come on. Boaz went over and said to Ruth. Watch this. Ruth didn't go to Boaz. She was like, you're a fine brother. Can we organise a coffee at Elliot sometime? Boaz went over to Ruth and said. What a beautiful picture of the grace of God. Grace means that God makes the first move, comes to our aid. Do you know when He saw you? He looked at you. He looked at the difficulty that you went through. He looked at your pain. He looked at your hardship and He fell in love with you. Boaz went over and said, that's a good preach right there. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. Now, you know at Horizon Church, you've heard me preach this before, that people make the mistake of defining love according to 1 Corinthians 13, which is true, they are characteristics of love. But you've got to remember that 1 Corinthians 13 was written in the context of the use of spiritual gifts. The true definition of love, the Bible says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. Amen. We love Him because He first loved us. Excuse me. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Boaz went over and said, what a beautiful picture of the grace of God. You were hurting. You were lost. You were wondering how life was going to work out. Here's this poor woman, Ruth, who had lost her husband, lost everything. But Boaz went over and said, Ephesians teaches us that all of this is divine love initiated. We were spiritually dead. The Bible says, even when we were without strength, even when we were His enemies, Boaz went over and said, can you say amen? Amen. Watch this. In every bad season in your life, who's had a bad season? Oh, the rest of you are like, man, you guys go strength to strength, glory to glory. (laughs) In every bad season in your life, God has a channel of grace. He has a channel of grace of grace that's available for you. Such is the goodness of our God. The beautiful, one of the beautiful things about this story is that we know, uh, you heard me say it two weeks ago, that really that the story holistically is essentially about Gentiles coming to God. You know, Naomi, first the Jew, then the Greek, the Gentile. 
beautiful thing about this story is that God had already prepared Boaz's heart to accept a Moabite, a Gentile. Do you know who Boaz's mum was? It was Rahab. So he understood the need to love and accept Gentiles, prearranged, pre-planned, orchestrated by God, a channel of grace. God went over you, over to you. He crossed the great divide. He crossed the chasm and He spoke into your heart that He loves you and He cares for you. Amen. Number three. Boaz promised to protect Ruth and provide for her needs. Wow. He says, I'm going to protect you and I'm also going to provide for your needs. Now, Boaz, he's like, I've heard about you. I've heard about the love that you've shown to your mother-in-law, Naomi. Uh, It's incredible. Everyone's talking about your amazing character, how incredible you are. And the Bible tells us in Ruth chapter 8, watch what happens is he says, stay right here with us when you gather grain. So remember, she's at the back of the harvesters. And Boaz says, just hang out at the back. I'm gonna take care of you. Don't go to any other fields. I'm gonna look after you. God's speaking that to you today. You don't need to go to another field. Stay in the field. Don't move away. Be stable, be consistent. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of my field they are harvesting, then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. So he's protecting her. He's providing for her. Uh, And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Now, Boaz then goes to his workers. He's got all these employees. He's He's a blessed brother. And he goes to the employees and he says this to them, watch this. He says, now I've instructed Ruth to glean, to gather the harvest from behind all the workers. Do not treat her harshly. Look after her. When she needs a drink of water, she can go and grab a drink of water. But he said, I want you to do something. Now stay with me. You can read this in Ruth chapter two. He said, every now and again, when you're harvesting, just take a little bit and like, ooh, that fell out of my pocket. Keep going. Oh, that fell out of my pocket as well. Keeps going. Oh, oh, we dropped a bundle. Oh, how bad are we? And he said, every so often, just drop some of the harvest behind you. Drop it behind you. Now stay with me. Do you know that Ruth, she had no idea that Boaz had said that. She was never part of that conversation. That was a conversation between Boaz and his workers. Stay with me now. Did you know that in your bad season, God has instructed people to be generous towards you? Just because you're not part of the conversation doesn't mean that Boaz is talking to people saying, drop a little here, drop a little there. And you're walking, where did that encouragement come from? 
Wow, where did that financial gift come from? Wow, they asked me out for a coffee just to hang out, to encourage me and help me in my bad season. Where did it come from? Boaz spoke it into being. God has instructed people in your difficult season. You may not know about it. You may not know that it's happened, but God burdens people's hearts for you to pray for you, to encourage you, to speak words of life into you. And you're just going along, gathering day by day, doing what you're doing, but the blessing of God is there because God spoke something into being on your behalf. You may not feel protected today, but I promise you from God's Word, He's your protector. You may not feel like all your needs are coming together, but we sang earlier, He is Jehovah Jireh. Come on, He's providing for you. Boaz went over and said, He has a deep love for you, a deep interest in you. His heart is towards you. He didn't really know this lady too well, yet he put a whole bunch of things in play to bless her, to look after her and to take care of her needs. He loves you today. He's for you. He's not against you. That phone call that you received, that prophetic word, that encouragement, that person that you bumped into, that person who just said something nice, some of them you don't even know or things you don't even know that's going on where people are praying for you. They're lifting up your name before the Lord. You may not know, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. God is up to something great. Amen. Can we keep going? Are you getting something out of this today? What number are we up to? Oh, come on, that was just the front area. What number are we up to? Number four. Come on, online, number four. Boaz saw to it that she was satisfied. Wow, what a beautiful channel of God's grace. Did you know that God's interested in your satisfaction? Do you know that He knows you intimately? He knows your concerns. He knows your stresses. He knows your heartache. He knows what brings you joy. He knows what makes you happy. Only Jesus Christ, God's Son, can truly satisfy the heart. When we seek satisfaction anywhere else outside of Him, we will find ourselves dissatisfied. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Come on. He who eats, if you eat of this bread, amen. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me, Jesus said, will never thirst. Have a look at Ruth chapter 2, verse 14. They're having a lunch break. Who likes their lunch break? Who even takes a lunch break? <laughs> uh, who doesn't have a lunch break? <laughs> uh, Ruth chapter 2, verse 14, watch this. At the lunch break. Boaz said to her, come over here and eat some bread. Dip it in the wine. She joined the harvesters. Boaz passed the roasted grain to her 
she ate, watch this, and was satisfied, amen, and even had some left over. What an oversupply of grace. You know, we're all wired differently. How many of you know that to be true? Some of you love sport. Some of you have no idea of who even plays for the Cronulla Sharks. (laughs) If I named an AFL player, you may think I'm talking about a preacher. (laughs) Why differently? Different things move us. Different things fuel us. Some of you love art. I went to the art museum on our school school holidays when we had family holidays. Tori wanted to take the family to the art museum in the city. Alison and Tori are having the best time ever. (laughs) Wade and I are like, wonder what's for lunch. (laughs) Heard they do good food in the city. (laughs) I wanted to go to the Sydney fish markets. I've never been there before. So I was like, that's where my mind was. Doesn't mean one's wrong, one's right. Just wired differently, shape differently, think differently, receive differently. God, the Creator, our Boaz, He knows what satisfies you. He knows what makes you whole. He knows what strengthens you. He knows what moves you. Some of you watch TV and you see the situation that's taking place in the Middle East at the moment. It moves your heart. You see children, innocent children being hurt. Some of you get frustrated and moved by certain things. Why? It's your your God shape. Some of you love serving in kids' ministry. You love investing into the kids of our church. Why? Because you're moved by that. It's your God shape. Some of you is like, I wish we could worship at Horizon Church for another three hours. (laughs) Do we really need the preaching of the Word? We should just worship. (laughs) It's It's your shape. Satisfies you. Makes you feel whole. Makes you feel good. Some of you are like, we should have more teaching of the Word. Not enough Word. Maybe we should have hour and a half sermons. Some of you are like, oh, that's a very scary thought right there. And then you quote the Scripture. Without wood, the fire can't burn. <laughs> Amen. It's your God shape. It's what moves you. He knows how to satisfy you. He truly does. He knows how to make you whole. He knows how to strengthen you. He knows how to encourage you. The Bible says that Ruth, which is essentially a picture of you and I, the Gentile, the Moabite, coming into covenant, Boaz satisfied her, blessed her, loved her, encouraged her, She ate, amen. All the eaters, say amen, (laughs) was satisfied. She consumed something of heaven. She consumed something that was orchestrated by the Almighty God. Boaz thought he was preparing food, but this was something that was orchestrated by the divine. She was satisfied, why? Because God put it in motion. There are things in motion for you right now. 
God's saying, come over here, have some lunch. Come over and eat, come and dine with me, come and sit with me, come and receive from me. I truly know how to satisfy you. There was so much that we read earlier in Ruth chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says that there were leftovers. What an incredible abundance of the goodness and the grace of God. Boaz was such a blessing to her. He gave her more than what she could actually eat. How good is God? He gives you more than you can actually consume. He gives you more than what you actually need. It's called the grace, the kindness, and the goodness of God. It's called the oversupply of grace. Amen. So good. When I was living in Adelaide, I was invited to the home of an authentic Italian family. I was excited. They had chooks in the backyard, a whole bunch of things going on. One of these properties in Adelaide where, you know, Adelaide has got a lot of Greeks, a lot of Italians, and uh, it was the parents of one of our pastors and they wanted me to come over to have some dinner. Well, little, little, I, I can eat, you know. I'm one of these guys when have a steak, how many of you know there's always room for another one? Amen. I can hit meat coma mode, you know. Anyone can hit meat coma mode like me. There you go. A few honest people in the house. So I go to their house. They're in their 80s. They can hardly speak English, but they just love pastors, you know. And um, man, this chicken, I'm eating a lot. I thought Nando's chickens were big and awesome. (laughs) This thing's like on steroids, man, you know. So I'm eating, eating chicken. There's pastas coming out. And, uh, you know, typical Italian uh, mother, just like serving bolognese sauce. And I'm kind of like hitting the zone where it's like, if I keep eating, I think I'm going to explode, you know. I just kept giving. And uh, it's just the most incredible, beautiful evening in this elderly Italians, in this couple in their home. And then they're like, Pastor, you've not, you've not eaten enough. You need tiramisu, you know. It's like, you know, I'm like. And then they start packing all the doggy bags, you know. And I get this doggy bag about this big filled with pasta, uh, eggs from the chooks in the backyard and just this overabundant supply where I'm, more than satisfied, plus I'm taking groceries home with me. (laughs) Ruth ate, she was satisfied and there were leftovers. He knows how to bless you. Don't run. Don't move away from your call. Don't move away from the field that God has planted you in. He knows how to take care of you. He will satisfy you in His presence, so much so that there will always 
be leftovers, such as the generosity and the kindness of our God. Can you say amen? Maybe there are people today and you've never experienced what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a satisfaction that is fleeting. I'm not talking about a satisfaction that comes three hours later, it's gone. I'm not talking about a satisfaction that gives you a feel-good moment because your football team won. You feel good. Three days later, you completely forgot about it. I'm not talking about a satisfaction that the world gives. I'm talking about a satisfaction that only God, the Creator of the universe, the One who created you, He's the only One who can truly satisfy your soul. There's a longing in people's soul, a longing for satisfaction. Social media will not give you the satisfaction. You may get 20,000 likes, but guess what? There's someone else who has 40,000 and you'll never be satisfied. You'll never be satisfied until you come to His presence and you say, satisfy me, Lord. Satisfy me, Lord, with Your love and Your mercy and Your forgiveness and Your grace. Satisfy me, Lord. Today, we're gonna give You the opportunity to experience His kindness and His grace and His mercy. In a moment, I'm gonna ask everyone in the auditorium to bow their heads and close their eyes. And the reason why is because I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for people who've never truly experienced the love of God and that satisfaction that says, wow, I have experienced God's presence. Could you bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna pray a prayer. And maybe you're praying this prayer for the first time. Maybe you did a while ago and you're reconnecting with God's amazing love. Would you be able to pray this prayer after me? And everybody in the auditorium is gonna pray this as well. Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, Your love and complete acceptance. I'm now set free from my past. I'm now a child of God. So right where you are, let the love of God just fill you. Let Him satisfy you. Let Him strengthen you. Let Him forgive you and wash you clean under the precious blood of Jesus today. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you did a long time ago and you're reconnecting with God's love, right where you are in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why I want you to lift up your hand I wanna see who you are. I wanna pray for you. I wanna encourage you. Once you've lifted up your hand, you can put it straight back down once I've seen you. Are you ready on the count of three? Here we go. One, two, three, lift it up. Nice and high. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. If you think that I've missed your hand, would you be kind enough just to put it up again? I really don't wanna miss out on anyone. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. Who else is there? Lift it up nice and high. Yeah, God bless you. I see your hand up there as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. 
Come on, that's three people so far. Why don't you be the fourth? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. It's time to stop running. Come on, it's time to stop running. and Get in that place where you know you'll be truly satisfied in Jesus today. Who else is there? Lift it up nice and high. God bless you, I see your hand. Anyone else? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. So good, so good. Jesh, can we pray here? God bless you, I see your hand as well. Thank you, I'm glad I waited for you. So awesome, so awesome. Jesh, can we pray for these amazing people who raise their hands? Come on, let's get in that atmosphere right now, Horizon Church. These are precious people that Jesus loves with all of His heart. Father, I thank You for these amazing people. Thank You, Lord, for new beginnings. Thank You that the Word of God says, if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. We thank You today, Jesus, that You are the only true God. You are the only one who can satisfy the longing in our souls. And so come right now, Lord Jesus, and fill their hearts, fill their souls, fill their hearts, fill their emotions with Your love, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' mighty Name. Can we give all of those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement? Come on, let's clap a little bit louder. Bless them. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.